the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The series is entitled The Parables of Luke. Today, we focus in on the rich fool. Join us, Truth For Today, with Pastor Phil Howard, coming up next. Sadly, we get it mixed up. We want to read the scripture as money being the root of all evil, when actually it's the love of money that is the root of all evil. Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our series on the parables of Luke continue, and we take a look at the rich fool. He's found here in Luke chapter 12, verses 13 through 21. Sadly, the foolishness is bound up in his heart, and it is the love of something other than the one who created him. Many lessons to learn from this parable, so let's get started, shall we? Here's Pastor Phil Howard and today's broadcast of Truth For Today. I want you to read a verse with me that we probably haven't read in 25 years in this church. Exodus 20. We're in our series on the parables of Christ and Luke, and I just read these verses as an intro to the parable of the rich fool. Now, I must say this, not everyone that's rich is a fool, and not every fool is rich. I've met some poor fools. So just because someone's rich, they're not a fool. And just because someone's poor doesn't mean they're not a fool. But Jesus tells us a story about a rich fool, and that's what we want to look at. But look at verse 17. Exodus 20, the 10th commandment, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. And it's amazing to me when this was written. Do you know what their house was when he wrote this? A tent, pup tent. But you can even covet their pup tent. Did you know that? You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant, or his maidservant, his ox, or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. So that, you see, covetousness has varied objects. But the dynamic, covet, do not covet. Now, the Apostle Paul could keep all the commandments. Look at Romans 7. Romans 7. Verse 7, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. Indeed, I would not have known what sin was except through the law. So now the law was never meant to save you, but it was surely given to convince you you are a sinner. It will do that job. It shows you the dirt. It's just not the soap for getting clean. 
but it will show you the, the dirt. Now watch this. For I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said, do not covet. But sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, produced in me every kind of covetous desire. For apart from law, sin is dead. Paul said the tenth commandment was the one that slayed him. He could keep all of them except the tenth. Never had any problem with adultery. Never had any problem stealing. He said the one that slew me was don't covet. And it's the most innocent one of all ten. You don't even know it. People don't even You just said here today you look sweet, kind of tame, half unconscious. We can't imagine you coveting. That, that's not a harmful thing. Coveting. No big deal. Why does God write a rule on that? That's the one that slayed Paul. And it's the one slaying the majority of us, coveting. Now we go to Luke 12, and we pick up the teaching teacher, the master teacher. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them this. Basically, he came on rudely. Rabbi settled financial issues. But it just seems to be that crisis comes back. Why do you bother me with such a mundane thing as finances when I am here to present the kingdom and to go to the cross? Did you know what's terrible about money? You spend 75% of your life thinking, making, and spending money. And pretty soon you get to think that's what life is, money. And Christ just comes right back. Get out of here. Don't be bothering me with such mundane issues. Then he gives this warning. Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. So there's the principle he wants us to get no matter. Now he's going to tell us a story, and then he's going to conclude it. But there's the principle he's after. Watch out for every kind of greed. And there's no age limit on greed. You can be greedy at age five. And most children are. And most never grow out of it. They just learn to conceal it on the surface, but they're clawing and digging all the time to get something. And so Christ says, watch out for that attitude. And we want to look at what it really is. And then he tells the story. And in that story, he will show us the psychology of a greedy man. We get a New Testament x-ray of what it looks like. And it looks a whole lot like the American heart. And we'll look at it. And then he, he shows you what is the dismal end of the greedy It's a terrible thing to be caught into. So let's talk about greed. Um, He goes on, gives the story. The ground of a certain man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself... You have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life 
easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. Let's look at the principle of greed. Beware of greed. What is greed? What is it? How can we get a handle on it? Well, let me just give you a basic college dictionary definition. Covetous. Excessively desirous of the possessions of another. Thus we get jealousy. Extreme desire to acquire or possess. And so that greed and covetousness are basically the same. But now let's just get a little handle on the Greek word and how the Greeks used it. Uh, The basic concept was having more. Just the opposite of contentment. Having more. Think of the American. How in the world could you ever be contented and set through 100 commercials in two hours on TV? And every commercial, I've not seen one yet, says, don't buy anything. You've got all you need. Uh, don't, don't, don't even be looking here because you're already as happy as a guy can get. Don't, you don't need any. Matter of fact, we're going to send you a refund, rebate, and just say, be happy on us. No, it, it is a desire-creating machine And uh, I can't stand TV, not because I don't like to see a lion eat something once in a while, but I get sick and tired of being sold when I don't want to be sold. I'd rather see a good movie if I could just escape all the adversity. I hate it. I hate all these phone calls I get. Uh, You need that. I don't know about you folks. I get about 20 applications a month for credit cards. 20. And, and it always starts out zero. They're nearly giving me money. I mean, I, it's benevolent. B of A just personally sends someone in to see me, start him out at zero, and while he's asleep in six months, in the middle of the night, jump it to 18%, jump it to 12 and I don't even know what happened in the night. And all of a sudden... 12%? Well, I, honey, I just said it was only 0%. Yeah, you got three of them at zero that jumped way up there. We just bought a vacuum sweeper, and we just put it, you know, get 30 days of time. So I, I bought it at Sears. And then I got the card. And, you know, it's a family-friendly place. Their interest rate was 25%. 25% after 30 days. And then it jumps to 28%. So, you know, but I need to have it now. I'm getting ready to put in linoleum at our house. We don't need carpets. (laughs) Carolyn needs more exercise. Uh, She's at the women's retreat. Pray for her. She's having a ball. But then the word, it it developed, it became strongly negative because it moved from to desire... And it moved into the realm of ethics, and this is how the Greeks in Kittle's dictionary, it meant to take advantage of someone to get what you want. Uh, Taking by force, 
of violating any set of rules. I want it and I'll break the rules. If I've got to rob a bank, if I have to steal a man's wife, uh, if I have to do what? Steal it. I want it. So it ceases to be a nice little desire and it becomes an all-controlling desire that will move you to break all the boundaries. It is grasping for more than God has ordained for us. It's wanting more than God wants you to have. And you're just, you're just burning because I want more. And, and I feel like I'm constrained. And everything in the culture said, you need more. You deserve it. Spend your kids' inheritance. Be good to yourself. All of this uh, self, like they're doing you a big, do it for yourself. You owe it. You worked so hard. You're 18 and you've earned it. You deserve a brand new BMW. You're only 18. And we'll love to repossess it in 12 months. We'll make a lot of money off of you. And so uh, it's used in scripture of taking advantage of people for financial gain. Paul was accused of this by the Corinthian church. He said false teachers do use money to manipulate people to get a gain. They defraud them. Their greed is concealed under the context of ministry. Uh, Sounds a little bit like prosperity gospel. Uh, I'll get rich if you'll send me an offering, and I'll pray God to bless this prayer cloth to really... No, I'm not sending you my cloth, nor my money. I don't need some false prophet sprinkling over me to make me prosperous. It's anathema. Many of them are going to hell because they're thieves in the name of ministry. Uh, It's tied to sexual uncleanness. Greed is used several times in the New Testament. And uncleanness and greediness, very interesting. The two strongest greeds in life is the greed for forbidden sex and the greed for money. Those are the two primary targets that have captivated the heart the most. And so it's tied to uncleanness and then the greediness. Tied, of course, to money. So he says, a greedy man, just track a greedy man down for the object of his greed and then let him introduce you to his God. Meet my God. For covetousness is idolatry. Colossians 3, 5. Ephesians 5, 4. Whatever you covet and you are willing to break the rules to get it has become your God. That is the thing that controls you. It is a rival to God and therefore idolatry is ruling this nation in a great way. We've never had more uh, uh, boundaries broken to get either money or sex. We do it through the pornography web. Uh, gambling is abounding in this country. I want to make money quick, and I want to do it this way, because you know the gambling industry is so fair. You know 100,000 to 1 odds is all right. And we just go right to the slaughter. I might pick up some quick money if I do this. And so greed will make you uh, give up working. It will make you find quicker ways to get it. And so you see this all the way through Scripture, 
uh, that greed is the killer. And let me tell you what's the heart of greed. At the heart of greed is the desire to be your own God. He, let me give you a formula that destroyed the whole race. This formula, four steps. You want to memorize this. I saw it. I desired it. I took it. I died. Adam did this. Satan did this. Achan did this. Ananias and Sapphira. Let's use Achan. Now let's start with Adam. They saw the fruit. Tell me, what is the main vehicle of temptation that's taken our country today? A visual object. Internet, TV, movies, porno, sight, sight. We've quit reading books. We quit listening. We got to see it. They even tell us preaching is just destined to end because people have got to have at least a Walt Disney background. I saw it. I saw the fruit. Achan saw the Babylonian garment. He saw the wedge of gold. I saw it. I desire it. I want the apple. It's able to make me wise. It'll turn me into a God. If I had this, I'll be everything I've wanted to be. Not God. I need this object. So I take it. And then, after I take it, I see it. I want it. I take it. Read the story of Adam. That day they died. The day they risked everything to become a god, that day they died and cancer was introduced to the human family and we've been burying human beings ever since Genesis 3. Look at Achan. If you tell the story of Achan, Israel was losing men in the battle. Joshua and them tracked down Achan. And the man who said, I wanted the Babylonian garment. I'd look so good in it. I wanted the wedge of gold. It'd be the money I could use. What can you do with a wedge of gold out in the desert sands? That's pretty heavy. And guess what? That which he reached for cost him the life of his wife, his children, his grandchildren, for everybody in Achan's line. The earth swallowed up and they were stoned that day. What they lusted for killed them. And it's our story over and over. Everything outside the boundaries of God that you reach for, it will kill you. Premarital sex, it's a joke. Uh, Right now, kids are sexually active from about fifth grade on. That is physically, but they're already into internet probably at fourth grade because they know more about it than their dad and mom do. They know how to use the computer. So we've got a generation that is laughing so much at the Christian morality that sex is only for marriage. You've got to be kidding. Nobody does that. You're out of step with the times. Well, we always have been. Ever since the law of Moses and they went into Canaan where they were having sex with animals. And God said, you shall not sleep with an animal. You shall not sleep with your sister. You shall not sleep with your daughter. Let me tell you, ever since Exodus, we've been out of step with the world's morals. We don't sleep with animals. 
We're not to be sleeping with anybody that we're not married to. Because you see, sex without a covenant is you're just using to trash. Let me tell you the difference between love and lust. Lust wants a thing. Love wants a person. And when all it is is lust, you just want her body for quick pleasure. You don't want her when she's got a terminal illness. She better not get sick on you. Because, baby, I'm not making any covenants. I want you now when I want you and no covenants. You know why you don't want a covenant, mister? You're a low-down coward. You're a dastardly beast that wants to use her, but you don't want to be good to her. You don't sleep with people you don't make covenants with. I don't need, that's okay. God's applauding. I'd rather have his applaud, but I thank you for that one brave soul. The rest of you don't even know if you believe it yet. We're talking about lust and greed and I want it. I want it now. Immediate gratification. Why do credit cards abound? Did you know we did not have credit in this country until about the 50s is where the credit cards came out? Because I got to have it now. Desire cannot wait. I must have it now. And I'll pay the usury price, the outrageous legalized ripping off of the people at 25% interest. It's robbery, but we call it the banking industry, where they're good robbers themselves. And Enron is proof. Every crook isn't working down in Richmond. Some of them working right in Wall Street. They're just a lot more professional. They rob us of millions. A kid down in Richmond might be having eaten for two days. I don't want the kid to rob me. I want to give him 20 bucks and buy all the food he can. Because poverty is abounding in a country that's living on greed. If you're reading anything, you know the haves are growing. The upper middle class is growing up. And we have the largest spread now between poverty in this country and those who have it. The middle class is being eroded. And you're either broke or you've got the money. And I ask you, who's the last poor boy you fed? Let's not get too sanctimonious until you tell me who you're helping. Jesus is talking about greed. That evil thing in you. I saw it, I won it, I took it, and it cost me everything. I wanted that woman. By George, whether married or not, my three kids got to accept. Dad's got to have any woman he wants. Well, you took her, now how's it going? Everything in my home's died. My kids can't stand me. The relationship's died. The, the former wife is barely making it because she's been dumped for a younger thing. And she's out here trying to get food stamps or welfare because all of your money's now going to a new woman. She had the babies for you. This one, you just want her for sex. And you wonder why your kids haven't bought into it. Am I talking too plain? I'm talking about what's going on in America. And it goes back to greed. Greed. I can't have enough. I want it any way I want it. I'll make the rules. I'll be the God. I'll set the boundaries. And Jesus said, beware, beware. There's no one in this place 
starting right here that's immune from this insatiable desire for more that will go beyond the boundaries of God. I love it this way, though. When I'm walking with Him and in obedience, I find out He's enough. The ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, this has been Truth For Today with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. Thank you for spending time with us today. Our prayer is you are growing in grace, growing in God's love as you take the time to study God's Word with us on a regular basis here on Truth For Today. If you have questions about the broadcast, feel free to write or call us. Our phone number is 855 833-9864, or write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, and that's in Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. As always, you're welcome to visit us online, truthfortodayradio.org. That's truthfortodayradio.org. Also, men, please mark it on your calendar and plan on joining us for our men's conference. That will be taking place Friday and Saturday, March 8th and 9th. Check-in begins Friday at 5.30 and all day Saturday, March 9th. Breakfast begins at 8 a.m. Now, the price for the conference does include dinner Friday night, breakfast and lunch on Saturday. Early pre-registration through March 3rd is $45 for men 18 years and up. For the youth, ages 12 to 17, the cost is $30. And after March 3rd, the cost does go up to $50 and $35, respectively. One-day attenders are $30 per person. Who should attend? Well, the conference is for men who want a closer walk with Christ and seek fellowship and inspiration from other men who want the same. And you should attend because it does promote spiritual growth and enlightenment. Our special keynote speakers are not only our own Pastor Phil Howard, but Pastor Jessica Stan from Grace Bible Church in Hayward. For further information, again, simply stop by truthfortodayradio.org or give us a call, 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Where your treasure is, there your heart